It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and, and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 And a good first minute or so for the Sharks here in the Vegas zone. Carlson unable to keep it alive, though, and now a 2-on-1 developing, but Donskoy gets back. Stone leaves it. Pacioretty scores. One minute and 11 seconds into game four, and it's 1-0 Vegas. Do you expect to start next game? Uh, it's not up to me. I'll be ready if, if that's the call, but... Uh... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Morning Tide, which drops the morning after each Sharks playoff game. I'm your host, Ted Ramey, and right now we are looking at desperation mode for the San Jose Sharks after a night in which Marc-Andre Fleury was the star of the show in Las Vegas. He shut down the Sharks, particularly so in a first period where the Sharks were the more aggressive team, where the Sharks in the first period were the better team, but they could not find the back of the net. Flurry was fighting off saves. He had the post in there helping him, and suddenly everything is facing elimination for the San Jose Sharks. Headed back to home ice Thursday night at SAP Center. San Jose needs to respond with a big-time performance in this one. There is no doubting it. San Jose right now is simply getting outplayed by Las Vegas. Las Vegas, you heard Bakes and Randy talking about it on the TV broadcast. They're playing with greater conviction. They are playing with more uh, intensity. We saw it on, I believe, what was the fourth goal that San Jose gave up. Just an overall lackadaisical nature. And I think that that was probably a sense of the impending doom that was looming over the game at that point. But it's just one of those things where you see it happen in front of you and you realize just how off the rails things have gone over the past three games for the San Jose Sharks. And again, now what sort of a position have you put yourselves in? You got to win three straight. Are the Sharks capable of doing it? Sure. Why not? But it's not going to be easy and they need to not be chasing a game from the get-go. Yeah, the Sharks did not let in a goal in the first minute of this game, but it was about a minute and 11 seconds into the game that they gave up goal number one. That can't happen anymore. I would imagine, and at least this is just my perception and what we were hearing from Randy and Bakes on the TV broadcast and the consensus on social media is that Aaron Dell will be the man uh, in front of the net on Tuesday, or excuse me, on Thursday night at SAP Center. But you simply cannot be chasing games from the get-go. When you go down by a goal immediately, 
literally immediately you're chasing the game and everything is swung in favor of the opposition. It doesn't matter if it's Vegas. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. When you go down early, particularly in a Stanley Cup playoff games where momentum swings are such massive factors in the game, then it just it changes the entire dynamic and the entire narrative of the game, and it changes how the other team is playing against you, and it changes how you're setting up offensively and how aggressive and how desperate you're going to be and whether or not you're going to be making kind of reckless moves. And we saw some of that tonight from San Jose. They put themselves in a bad position, and they were not able to recover. But that being said, even though they put themselves in that bad position, they were still particularly so in the first period. They were the better team. They were creating more scoring opportunities opportunities. They were doing all the right things despite going down by a goal early and despite giving up a second goal late in the first period. They were still doing, in my opinion, what was necessary to go out there and create those chances and score goals. It simply didn't happen and that's a credit to Marc-Andre Fleury, who was simply masterful. We saw him have his best performance of the series. It's what San Jose Sharks fans we're hoping that you were going to get from Jones last night. Obviously, that's not the way it worked out, and Dell gets put in after the first period. But right now, the Sharks, I mean, they've got to win. This is what maybe they kind of need, the kick in the pants that they really have been waiting for in this series. They're down three games to one. It is the elimination on the table now. So you come home Thursday night. The tank is going to be wild. You've got that opportunity to get one back on the board. Then you get a little bit of rest before going back to Vegas on Sunday. Suddenly, things can change. And, you know, you get Jumbo back. Hopefully, you get Vlasic back. Then maybe things can look a little bit different because things have swung wildly in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. All it takes is one game from San Jose to disrupt that momentum and get it to swing back in the favor of San Jose. And if you can get that to happen, then you can change the entire dynamic of the series. But the way it's been going right now, Vegas is taking it to San Jose. They are playing with, like we've said, greater conviction. Flurry played out of his mind last night, and I don't know if that's going to end in game number five. I mean, he's, or he was in game four at least, awesome. I mean, he was just simply awesome, and it didn't matter how good the Sharks were with Jones or Dell. It didn't matter how good their overall team defense was. Unless you're going to score a goal, you're not going to win that game, and the Sharks did not score goals. If you don't do that, you're going to be SOL in terms of trying to go forward in a series, and Fleury made sure that didn't happen because, again, the Sharks in really the first two periods, I thought they played pretty well. And I don't think that's some crazy take, even though they were down at that point. I thought that they were creating opportunities. The first period was definitely the best uh, that they've looked since game one, but they played well. They looked like they were capable of creating these opportunities and giving themselves chances to get back in the game when they were down a goal, when they were down two goals. You had the opportunity to get back in that game, but Flurry kept them off the board. And Gerard Gallant even talked about it in his post-game audio, which we will get into in a little bit. He gave credit to Flurry, He said it wasn't the team defense. He said they were outplayed by the Sharks in the first two periods, but it was Flurry that kept them off the board. And Pete DeBoer, he said similar things as well. He said that the team played better. They said they thought they played their best hockey since game one, but they were not able to find the back of the net because Flurry was just out of his mind. And when you have a goalie that's standing on their head and making the stops and making the saves... It doesn't matter how good you are until you can find the back of the net. And obviously, you got to outscore the opposition to win a game. But I think 
you were looking at a Sharks team tonight that through two periods was doing the right things, was responding well, was making things happen, but simply was not getting rewarded for it. And there have been a couple instances in the series where the Sharks have not been rewarded for their efforts. So that just means they've got to double down heading into game number five on Thursday night at SAP Center. Game five is where things are going to change, hopefully, in the Sharks' favor. You're back on home ice, your backs are against the wall, and you've got to do everything you can or else you're going to be eliminated. It's just that simple. All right, we are going to be talking to former San Jose Shark and now member of NBC Sports California pre- and post-coverage for the Sharks, Devin Setaguchi. But before we get into that, I wanted to play you the post-game audio from both Pete DeBoer and Gerard Gallant. Let's start with Vegas head coach Gallant. You should talk about Flurry and how big he was. He was huge. He played awesome the first two periods. We weren't happy with our game. Obviously, we got up to the one nothing lead in the first shift again, fortunately for us, so that was big, but uh, we didn't play our type of game for, for two periods, I thought, and we played a lot better in the third, but uh, Flurry was huge. When we, had, when we needed him, he was huge. Yeah, Fleury was really the difference maker in this one. There's no doubting that he stopped the Sharks when they were playing better hockey. When they were in command in the first period and in several parts of the second period, it was Fleury's efforts which kept the Sharks off the board. There's simply no denying it. Now, let's get into that Stasny line, which has just been eating the Sharks alive all series. They're playing real well. They're playing support hockey. They're shooting pucks, and they're getting time and space. When you play against top players, it's pretty hard to you know, to defend uh, you know, every time. So when they get chances and they're shooting the puck like they're shooting, they're in a groove right now, and they're just playing well. So there's nothing specific. But Now, Gallant was asked if there was anything he wanted to clean up from Game 4 heading into Game 5, and Gallant again acknowledged how good the Sharks were in the first two periods, but also how good Marc-Andre Fleury was. First two periods, we like to clean that up. I mean, obviously, uh, they came out, they played like they, they were a desperate team, they were the hungrier team for two periods, and they played really well. And Fleury was the difference in the first two periods. And I thought after that, we played pretty solid and pretty well, but uh, we didn't get off to a great start, and it just snowballed. We took three penalties in the first period, and uh, you know, they got some momentum, they kept going, and they were, they were forced us big time. So we we're fortunate we had. Uh, you know, a great goal that made some key saves for us. Another topic that came up was the effectiveness of the Vegas penalty kill. Here's Gallant on why exactly it was so successful, at least last night. PK did a great job, but uh, the goalie was the best player in the PK for sure. I mean, uh, they had some real good chances and he had to make some quality saves. And sometimes your goalie gets a shutout and uh, it's a team shutout. Tonight it was a flurry shutout. And he commented on the effectiveness of the Las Vegas power play. I think they're getting pucks to the net and, uh, you know, the setups there. Stoney sets up and makes some real good plays and uh, the guys are moving. There's more pucks going to the net. And actually, I was a little disappointed with tonight. I thought it's been better in the other games, but we got to get more pucks to the net, more traffic at the net. And Because, I mean, when, you, when you're getting pucks to the net and you're getting second and third chances, that really opens up the thing. And uh, so I thought tonight it wasn't as good as it has been in the past. So you can hear it from Gallant. He is calm, collected, in control, and obviously up 3-1 with three games left to go. Potentially, he should be feeling good. i like you to compare and contrast that with what we hear from Pete DeBoer here. I'll play you the press conference in its entirety. I really liked our game through two periods, you know, but when you get through two periods and you're down 3 nothing, I think, and you've only given up 12 shots on net, and I thought, you know, created a lot of chances at the other end. You have to give Fleury credit. You know, he, he frustrated us tonight, you know, allowed them to, you know, be in the position they were in the third. And then, you know, the four, after the fourth goal, things melted down. I think our emotions got away from us a little bit. We've got to do a better job with that. But, you know, I liked a lot of our game. 
Hard to hear, but DeBoer was asked about Jones. Um, you know, I, I, he's got to be better, you know. It's got to be better. Our goal, both our goalies have to be better. What was the mood in the first period? Because obviously you guys came out, and I think shot attempts were like 34-12 to 12 after the first, but you're still down 2-0. Yeah. Well, I think it was pretty good. I think we liked our game. I thought, I thought we felt uh, that uh, we had some good stuff going on. You know, there, nobody was down. And you know what? And, hey, when, when you look at the game, you can't put this all on the goalies because you have to score too. So we have to find a way to, to solve flurry. You know, this isn't... Uh, all on our goalies. We, you know, we wouldn't have won tonight anyway, because we didn't score a goal. So we got to find a way to score, and we got to get, uh, you know, some good goaltending too. I mean, that's their formula, right? That's what that's what's working for them. Uh, Pete, it was in it was in the second period. You guys are down two nothing and put together like three, four good shifts in a row, and then the penalty to to Dylan. I think it was sort of halted that momentum. How did that? I mean, how did how did penalties tonight? I mean, just sort of kill any sort of momentum you guys tried to try to get tonight. I, I don't know. I mean, the penalties ran away from us in the third. I, I didn't think through two periods the penalties were an issue. You know, I thought uh, you know Pavelski got an interference penalty. Then I thought you know they took one on Pavelski that was a non-call. You know, when that happens, I was in the third. That inconsistency is frustrating, I think, to players. And, you know, I think you see a little bit of that come out afterwards when they score on the power play and, and you don't get the call the other way. Shang in the middle. Uh, were you pleased with what uh, Donskoy and Radil brought tonight? You know what? I, I thought they played well. We didn't have many passengers tonight. I thought I thought our guys were, were playing and playing hard and invested and competing. And, you know, again, it's it's too bad the, the taste you're left with is the last you know, eight, ten minutes because it's, uh, that was messy. But, you know, I thought our guys showed up and played hard tonight, you know, across the board. Obviously, the team's bigger than one player, but how tough was it not having Joe in the lineup tonight? Yeah, it was tough, but, you know, I, I, I thought we played well. I thought maybe it was our best game other than game one, you know. So, you know, I, I think our guys responded and we got what we wanted from the, the guys that went in there. So, you know, I was pretty, pretty proud of our group. Uh, considering Joe and Vlasic are out, I, th I thought all our guys played well, and you know we, we played as good a game as we did in Game One. Just you know, Flurry was great, and they found a way to win. Peter, good evening. Um, what do you think about the level of competition and physicality for this game? Thank you. Uh, well, it's a tough game, tough building. Games are always physical with these guys, but you know, I, I thought uh, I thought uh, we handled all those aspects you know, well for, for a large portion of it. So you compare and contrast what you heard from DeBoer after game three versus what you hear after game four. And after game four last night, DeBoer was definitely uh, less critical. He was more complimentary of his team, and he's trying to build them back up before they go home for game number five with, again, everything on the line. They are on the brink of elimination. It is win or go home, or, you know, they already will be home at San Jose, but it's win or the season's over. So he doesn't have the luxury of criticizing his guys. He doesn't have the luxury of calling them out. He's got to build them back up right now because I think to an extent, the guy's confidence is probably down a little bit. They have just gone into Vegas and gotten whacked. They played really well in the first two periods and couldn't find the back of the net. And Marc-Andre Fleury was shutting them out. They don't need any more critical commentary from their head coach. At some points, when the head coach is critical, it serves a, a specific purpose. And I think DeBoer is smart enough to realize that 
that critical nature isn't going to help things right now. Coaching is not just about the tactics. It's not just about the strategy. Sometimes you have to coach up your team with individuals and as a collective and bring them up. Right now, DeBoer is tasked with bringing them up and putting them at a place where he feels they can perform at a higher level or at least a high enough level to go and extend the series one game because that's what you do now. You don't try and win the series on Thursday night. You try to force a game six. And then you go back to Vegas for game six and you try to force a game seven. It's a very difficult task ahead of the Sharks, but it is one I feel that they can do. But again, it starts with winning game number five. That is goal number one. Win the next game. Advance to game number six. All right, you are listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, which drops every morning after the San Jose Sharks playoff games across all Sharks digital and social platforms. Now it is time for us to be joined by former San Jose Shark Devin Setaguchi, who of course now you see him on NBC Sports California on the pre- and post-game coverage for the Sharks TV broadcasts. Devin, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Um... Just enjoying a little playoff hockey. Yeah, man. I, you know, even though obviously we're reacting to a Sharks loss, I have to imagine. Even, you know, does your blood still get up for Stanley Cup playoff hockey? I would imagine it. You know, even if the playing days are behind you, it's still hard to uh, not look at these games and get excited. Yeah, most definitely. It's also hard to to watch the Sharks game go on and not wish I was out there uh, with those guys. But uh, you know, it's the most exciting time of the season to watch playoff hockey and. Uh, you know, I'm really rooting for the Maple Leafs now so we can have an Islanders versus Maple Leafs uh, second-round matchup. It'd be pretty incredible, man. And before we get into the Shark stuff, how about Tampa getting swept? I mean, that the, the way I viewed that team in the regular season, it was it was kind of ridiculous. They were, they were just killing everybody, and then suddenly they get into the playoffs, and then Columbus makes them look like nothing, you know, like not even – uh, you know, a shadow of what we thought they would be. Yeah, you know what? And that's the that's the thing. You can't always be overconfident. And uh, John Cooper said he said we never had any adversity throughout the whole season. Well, they had some adversity there uh, after being down to nothing. And it's very, you know, I, I feel for those guys because I've been on that side of the spectrum too. When we won the President's, Co- uh, President's Trophy back in 08 and 09, and we went into Anaheim and we lost uh, in, in five games. So it's always a a very uh, crappy feeling after you lose after being the best team in the league. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's never – losing is is never fun in, in any capacity, but I think this one, just because they, you know, put such an incredible run together, people were expecting greater things, but that's why we uh, that's why we play the games and don't just default to what happens uh, in the regular season. Um, Sharks tonight, man, first two periods – I thought they played their best hockey since game one. They were creating opportunities. They were playing with confidence. But simply put, Marc-Andre Fleury was phenomenal. I mean, he wasn't particularly standing on his head, but he was making the big saves and the big stops when he needed to. What was your take uh, when watching those first two periods? Yeah, I was watching it, and I agree with you. I think they played they played good, and they did get the chances. And For me, it came down to the power play. Um, you get three power plays in the first period. When your power play can't score, it's going to be tough to win games. And I think they're one for twelve, I believe, in the last two games. Yeah. That's just that's you know that's not a very good percentage. That's not going to get it done when it, when it comes down to special teams battle. No, and that's the thing. That's where Vegas, you know, had been dominating, and you know they've been winning that special teams battle. And you know these these things get kind of you know these points get bandied about by the broadcasters, the special teams battle, the even strength battles. When you were 
were playing, did you view it that way? Would you guys actively talk about that, or was it just, hey, F it, we got to go and then put the puck in the back of the net more often than the opposition does? Yeah, I mean, it's you got to win all areas of the game, whether it be the five-on-five battle or the four-on-four, you know, the power play and penalty kill. It's just they call it a man advantage for a reason because the, the team that takes advantage of the, of the special teams battles are going to win the game most likely because five-on-five, five, you know, it's very hard to dominate throughout the entire game five-on-five, five, but when you get the chance in the power play, a team with a good power play, when you do get that advantage, it gives you the advantage to win the game. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit amazing watching it play out in this series. And what's your take on that top line with Las Vegas because they have been – uh, eviscerating the Sharks. I think they've done an incredible job. And, you know, a lot of people uh, forget that they're not just new additions to the team. They're they're leaders among their their teams that they played on the year before. Max Pacioretty was the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Paul Stassi was an assistant captain. And uh, Mark Stone was assistant captain in Ottawa. So they all wore a letter. They were all big leaders on, on their teams and played big roles on their team. And uh, you got to give uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for stepping in and leading that team. Yeah. No, it's been fun watching it, man. I mean, just because Vegas, obviously, that's their second year of existence, and they've turned into the rivals of the Sharks, but still, just from a pure me being a, a hockey fan standpoint, I mean, I, they, they are really, really good right now, and they are playing with you know, such extreme confidence, and you can see it every single single time they come on the attack. Uh, you feel like they're threatening. Um, is, is there anything you can see where the Sharks can make a correction and think, okay, this is what they can do to slow down this line, or is it just a matter of everybody tightening up or, you know, or just hoping that there's some sort of correction from this line being so on fire, it probably won't sustain the remainder of the series if the Sharks can continue to force more games beyond Game 5. Well, the obvious thing is to is to get more traffic to Flurry and uh, they need to score goals, whether that be on the power play or 5-on-5. Five five. You know, you can't, you can't win games if you don't score. So they need to get, get more pucks on goal and uh, more guys in front of the net to bang in those second and third opportunities. But also for me, it comes down to just playing simple structure hockey. You know, they're, they're getting caught out of position and you give Vegas, Vegas credit for uh, a lot of the chances they're capitalizing on but to me it just seems like there's a breakdown and it just needs to be little things that can be corrected and uh, like it was in game one where they gave them, they smothered him and gave him no room and no space uh, on the ice yeah no I mean that's that's the thing is you need to see that effort again and hopefully you get that back against the wall effort for game number five Thursday night at SAP Center I guess we'll start with the, the goalie conversation does Pete DeBoer go with uh, Aaron Deller, does he go back to Martin Jones? Where are you on this? Um, I think he's going to go with uh, Aaron Dell. Um, but he said it in his interview, he said it best. Whoever starts needs to be better. Yeah. So, you know, Dell came in, he made some good saves, but he let in three goals. It weren't all his fault. And it, it goes back to it's everyone on the ice. The goalie is just the last line of defense. But you know, Deller made a lot of few, a lot of saves in that game as well. That were big saves that stopped goals. So yeah. they can't be constantly giving up these opportunities to this team. And uh, they just got to make sure that they shut them down as much as they can. And the best way to do that is to possess the puck in the offensive zone and uh, bump her down in their own. Again, we've got Devin Setaguchi here on Morning Tide. We're responding to the Sharks' latest loss in game number four to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They're down 3-1 in the series. Um, you've been in this situation before with your backs against the wall facing elimination. 
What's the mindset in the dressing room before those games? Is it just kind of go out there and let it all hang out there? Or is it is it nerves? Is it anxiety? Is it energy? What's what's that dressing room going to be like on Thursday night? Well, there is no nerves because you know what, what the end result could be if you don't win that game. So a lot of it is you're you know that you got to win the game and that's you, you got to give everything that you possibly have so if anything I think it's a little less pressure off the Sharks in some sense mm-hmm. that they know that if they lose they're going home and they just got to go out and play the best game that they can what about getting Jumbo back does that embolden them a little bit well anytime you can have Jumbo in the lineup um, it's not going to hurt you and uh to me, I've watched him play the last, you know, 25 games of the season, and I've seen him be as being one of the best players that they had on the ice. Uh, he was a point-of-game player coming down the stretch through uh, three games. I think he has three points. He's a very big. Uh, uh, he's very, he's very good on the power play, and, and I think that's where they need him, and they missed him tonight. Yeah, most definitely. And the thing to me is, like, I watch Jumbo. And he, he's not as, you know, as quick as he used to be, but he's still an unbelievably elite passer, and he makes everybody around him. Just to have him as a third-line center, it seems unfair. I mean, when you watch him pass, does it feel like he has lost mustard must ability to really set guys up? Like, I remember the last game of the year, he went behind the net and set up Sorensen for a goal on a pass that no one else in the NHL, I don't think, could make. He threw it through two guys, through traffic, through a couple of sticks, found Sorensen, boom, bangs it home. I mean, that to me is just, it doesn't matter that Jumbo's almost 40, man. Like, that's that's his skill set alone. Well, I think you said it right there. Is, like, who wouldn't want to have Joe Jordan on their third line? <laughs> and... Uh, as a third line, I don't see many centermen that have 51 points as a third liner. Right. So at the age of uh, 39, like you said, almost 40 years old, I think anyone would take that. Um, and, uh, you know, he brought it up. He, he may be slowing down, but he's still producing at the rate of, you know, a 24-year-old winger in the NHL. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me to even think, like, how he's doing it, I don't know. I, I can't say a bad word about the guy, and you know it really hurts me when guys say, "Oh, George Thornton would be in the Hall of Fame if he, has, if he didn't win a Stanley Cup." You know what? There's a lot of guys that played that didn't win a Stanley Cup, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. And that's all I can say. I mean, they came out with the top 100 players in the league last year, I believe it was. And he wasn't on it. And yeah, I was it's just ridiculous. Like, who like who's writing this? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was furious when I saw that just because I mean, he, all he does is continue to, you know, climb the all-time points list and he's the names he's up there with it's undeniable but yeah, I mean there's for some reason there is a negative uh, viewpoint out there with some guys with Jumbo but you know they could let them keep their negative viewpoints man that's that's their they're missing out but uh, and then for, you know for Pete DeBoer what is what is he going to tell tell his team in pre- preparation for game number 5 this is it's the biggest game of the year the you know facing elimination what is his what is his message to the squad i think it's got to be as blunt as it possibly can be is like listen this is where we are this is what we need to do go out there and do it like, yeah, you know, that's it. Uh, you know, he's gonna he's gonna 
maybe run a little bit of video and emphasize on a couple of the areas of the game that they need to improve on. But ultimately, it's down to the players and what they're what, – are they going to roll over or they're not? I know they're not going to. It's on the players now. It's out of his hands. And uh, hopefully, you know, the guys can the guys can rally together because sometimes that's what you need is a little bit of unity and your back's against the wall to really come out of things. And what about Gerard Gallant? Because he's – going to be going into hostile territory and facing a Sharks team that is, you know, going to be playing with that mentality of nothing to lose. What does he tell his Vegas squad knowing that they're going to see an onslaught very similar likely to what we saw in the way that the Sharks played in the first two periods of game number one? I think he's just going to keep saying what he's been saying to his team. Keep going, you know, keep doing the things that that, uh, that have made it successful so far. And, you know, they didn't get the start they wanted tonight, but ultimately they've been scoring opportune goals at the, at the right time. Their power play has been amazing. So I think what they're going to have to do is uh, whether this, uh, you know, stop the, the surge from the Sharks coming out of the Shark head through the first five minutes. And, uh, you know, after that, just kind of settle into the hockey game. Yeah, and then, you know, are, are... – you got any predictions on how Game 5 plays out, or are you not even going to go there? I have no predictions, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I, was, if I was a betting man, I'd say the Sharks take Game, take game 5. It's just it's something about having your backs against the wall and, you know, a lot of people doubting you that usually brings out the best in some of these players. I love it, man. Well, hey, Devin, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with me here, and I know the Sharks fans love it. And uh, I love the work you're doing with uh, NBC Sports California. I think it's great, man. Keep it up. Thank you. Again, that is former San Jose Shark Devin Setaguchi joining us here on Morning Tide, which drops every morning after Sharks playoff games. Let's get into some more post-game audio. This is what the captain, Joe Pavelski, had to say after the loss. You know, we did a lot of good things early. Um, really did. <laughs> they found a way to score another goal in the first five. Um, but it didn't really stop us. We played played good you know we we had the puck we drew some penalties power play felt dangerous there was times you, again you don't know how the puck went in or didn't go in um so that was encouraging you know this point in part is is we you know come apart there a little bit at the end and you know we just find ourselves in that same situation I want you to pay attention to something here, though, because this is the laugh of a man who can't believe some of those shots did not find the back of the net and is just shaking his head at Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, we did a lot of good things early. Um, really did. <laughs> yeah, he just can't believe that they couldn't score. And I'm still in disbelief myself because this was not a standing on his head type performance. This was not a performance for the ages. He was just good. He was solid, he fought off some shots, his positioning was good, got some help from the post, and kept a clean sheet when all was said and done. A little bit, little bit of both. we got to give him some credit. You know, he, he's made some good saves, you know, some posts, some pucks popped out the other side. Um, you know, uh, next game that can't happen, bottom line. And he also chimed in on the lack of success for the power play as of late. Yeah, we've done a lot of good things. You know, I'm sure they've done a few things. We'll look at it again and try to create a little bit more. But we're getting some of those second, third chances that you need around the net. We, we've had it. Um, we just got to try to capitalize early. We don't want to be sitting there looking for a fourth, fifth power play and, and coming from behind. You know, we got to we get our first chance. We got to stick one in the net and that'd go a long way for us. And now it all comes down to Thursday night. It's win or the season is over for the San Jose Sharks. And this is how Pavs weighed in on facing elimination. Well, I think, you know, for us, our start is, is very important. We haven't played with the lead much. 
when we have, we've, you know, played well, I think. And, uh, you know, so this starts. But for us, it's take care of home ice right now in that first game, win a game. We, we know we can win one game here. You know, we believe that as a group. And But we got to win our next game. And I think it sets up for us where we win, win at home. You know, we get a little bit of rest with the two-day break then and come back here and, you know, dig in and, and get out a win here and come back. So there, there, I think there will be a formula for us, but it's, you know, get that first one. From Pabs, we go to Aaron Dell, who came in after the first period where Martin Jones led in two. This was his view of the action. Yeah, I mean, we had times where we had, you know, some some great pressure. And uh, yeah, I think the, the penalties killed us, you know, it really drained it. And then they'd get the energy off the power play or they'd score on it. You know, it was one of those things just kind of killed us. And then we were killing penalties the whole night and then everyone's tired. Hard to, to create offense when everyone's tired from killing. And then from a netminder's perspective, he made a really interesting observation about what Flurry was doing for Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, we had good chances. I think we just need to bear down and, and put the puck in the net. You know, they're getting momentum off of Flurry's saves, and yeah, I think we just got to make sure. Yeah, and I think that holds true, is that Flurry's making the saves, so the efforts of the Vegas team overall are being rewarded. That's not been the case with the Sharks, and you heard it from Pete DeBoer. He said that both Jones and Dell needed to be better, and I don't disagree. They do both need to be better, but also across the board, the San Jose Sharks need to be putting out a better team defense effort. So we'll see if that corrects itself in game number five with their backs against the wall. But now here was the most important question to Dell. Do you expect to start next game? Uh, it's not up to me. I'll be ready if, if that's the call. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And again, as we've been saying all throughout this morning's episode of Morning Tide, the expectation seems to be that Dell will get the start in game number five. Moving down the line, Brent Burns was very blunt in his perspective of what needs to happen moving forward for the Sharks. I thought we played a pretty good start. Uh, we didn't score, so... It's uh, not going to win a game. Just got to play for each other. Just got to win now. As for Logan Gutcher, he was honest but incredulous when asked if there were any positive takeaways from the two games in Las Vegas. Positive learning experience? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I don't know if we can take much positives from from these two. I think uh, we can learn some lessons. I think we need to stay out of the box and, and play our game that got us to this point in the season. Um, you know, running around and Taking penalties isn't going to win games in the regular season, and it's not going to win games in the in the playoffs. So get away from that. He was also asked why he still has hope for the Sharks. Uh, we're still playing. We, we, we got a chance. I mean, uh, it's never over till it's over. We we go home. Well, we've been good all year. Um, play two good games to uh, to start this series at home and try and win a game, and that's that. He also gave his take on the absence of Jumbo and expounded a bit more on that point. Yeah, I mean, it hurts. You take uh, you take him out, you take Pickles out, two, uh, two pretty key players. But uh, this time of the year, there's there's not a single healthy player in, in this league. So other guys need to, to step up, play better. Our, our leaders need to, to be better, myself included. Need to uh, create more offense. You know, we're not going to win any games, not scoring a goal. Flurry played well. We'll give him give him that. But uh, we've got to do a better job of, of fighting to score goals right now. And he also gave his thoughts on the first period, where I thought the Sharks played pretty well. I mean, I thought our, our first period was one of our better periods this series. Unfortunately, they scored you know a minute twelve, whatever it was in. It may have been their first shot again on a shift that we we really dominated play. I thought. Tommy's line did a great job. Kind of some miscommunications 
miscommunication on the rush left uh, Pacioretty shooting. I believe it was through a screen, so that one's tough. After that, I thought we, we continued to play pretty well. The period had some good looks. Power play was, was zipping around pretty good. Puck didn't find the back of the net, and um, the one at the end of the period was a tough one. So again, I think that just speaks to the overall take that this was Flurry's night. The Sharks were the better team specifically in the first period. I thought they should have walked out of that period at least tied at one, maybe even up to one. Instead, they were down to nothing. Hopefully, the Sharks, when they return home on Thursday night to take on Las Vegas in game number five, they will be rewarded. There will be some sort of a correction because I thought the Sharks were due more than what the final tally showed tonight. But again... Flurry won this game for Vegas. The Sharks have not had a goalie step up for them in this series and win a game for them. And that's what it can take sometimes and oftentimes does take in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But for now, it's back to the bay, back to the tank, backs against the wall. Game number five as the Sharks have to win or their season comes to an end. I think the Sharks do force a game six. And like Pavelski said, you get a little bit of rest, you get a little bit of momentum swung in your fashion, and things can start to change very, very quickly. But before you even get that far, you have to take care of business again. Game five, Thursday night of the tank. It's going to be rocking. It's going to be rolling. I'll be out there. This is it. This is the season right now. It all comes down to this. And all I can do is just hope that it's going to go as well as I think it will right now. There is a harsh correction that I feel is due for this series, and it's about time the pendulum swung back in favor of the San Jose Sharks. Now, that's just not going to happen in and of itself. The Sharks have to make it happen themselves. If they do make it happen, then things can change quite rapidly. But that wraps it up for another edition of Morning Tide, which again drops every morning after Sharks playoff games. Find it on Sharks Digital and social platforms. You can find it on my own platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Ted Ramey Media on Instagram, Ted Ramey. Also look for Ted Ramey on Facebook. I'm putting it out at all these spots as well. I'm having a great time. Again, if there's something you want more out of this talk show slash podcast, let me know. Again, that wraps it up. I will talk to you all Friday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks digital Digital platforms. platforms.